Bear Essentials podcast gives older bears a place to gather for real talk regarding topics and issues that they can relate to. Here at The Bear Essentials, we aren't just having conversations. We are looking to provide actionable intelligence through real-life experience and expertise of our guests. Our mission is to build a strong community that elevates and motivates people to go beyond their limiting beliefs by helping them realize that getting older is not an excuse to hibernate on their goals, but a reason to work harder. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Charles Wallace. Today's guest is the education athlete, and his mission in life is to help young men thrive. So please, without further ado, let's jump into my interview with Rick Cooper. But first, a word from our sponsor. Wolfinger Consulting, experts who have achieved real results for their clients, including complying efficiently and successfully with overwhelming discovery orders, passing difficult third-party security audits, and deploying bleeding-edge technology platforms to control and preserve corporate information. Let them show you what Wolfinger Consulting can do for you. Be sure to check out their webpage at wolfingerforensics.com. Hey, Rick, how you doing? Thanks for joining the show. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you, brother, for reaching out. So it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm always excited to have, uh, you know, guys on who are really, really doing some great stuff in the areas of, you know, coaching, helping other, you know, young and old older men get get inspired and really, really look into their own personal development. So with that, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so Rick Cooper, um, primarily, I guess what I do in the world and who I'm being is also known as the education athlete. So predominantly we're a 13 to 18 year old young men uh, in the independent private school sector um, and giving them the life skills, exploring modern masculinity, uh, their inner drivers, and an array of other skill sets to use, not just in school, but the life skills that most men, I know I certainly didn't have until my own sort of transition in my 30s. And I'm trying to equip these boys to have all the skills that a lot of us don't have so they we can completely change the future of what the modern man would look like and and the landscape of our world. So, yeah, that's that's what I do in the world. Also, a husband's a beautiful wife and an eight-year-old son. So, yeah, it's all good, Charles. Yeah, and that's and that's so my podcast and the network I'm part of, we mainly deal with trying to help men in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. So some people already might be like, well, what the hell do you have Rick on for? He says he works with 13 to 18 year olds. I've I've seen Rick on social media, and my thought on this was, you know, Rick's in his 40s, but Rick is definitely, and for myself, even being a 51 year old man, Rick is somebody that I kind of can look up to as I see the way he's carrying himself in the world and what he's doing. And Rick, when you, when you introduced yourself, I'd like to start right there. You mentioned, and this is where I think it's a great segue and can help men of all ages. You mentioned about teaching these younger men skills that we don't have. Mm. Let's jump into that. What are, what are those skills that you think we're lacking as a, as a male society at this point? Uh, I'm just going to put a caveat on that, Charles. So I still do work with men. Um, I, ran a I run a dynamic meditation class 
So for anyone that doesn't know, it's, it's about regeneration and renewal. It's not a meditation class like most men. We don't want to sit still with our with our fingers, our index finger and thumb touching. It's an active meditation. So it's it's a, an energy release, a, a channel to express and explore um, that we're blindfolded for an hour. And it's very energetic. Um, done first thing in the morning, ready to come alive again into the world. So I still do do that and I do have a, a a men's community that I run here in the UK uh, which is free where we meet every third Saturday of the month so I keep my hand in there um, and fully aware of you know being that in my 40s aware of, of what we go through I think the disconnect we have is we're going to go off a lot of tangents probably here Charles is our lack of emotional intelligence a lot of the time um, in what we've observed and what we've seen in the world and I think that's where we have a void because we've gone along with things and our inner drivers we've pushed down and when we push down our inner drivers and we know all the signs for our 20s and 30s of what we love doing who we love being around who we really are we start to make a loop on them things and feel like them things aren't good enough. So we then live a value system derived from societal observations, those that are in our immediate circles who we've been around, and we kind of push down all the all the parts of us that we know are really us, and we create a life, a designer life, around what we've observed. Um, and with that comes voids, and when them voids aren't met because we're too we become busy, right? We get into our 30s, 40s, we, we, we get responsibilities, we, we're in jobs, we have mortgages, we have family, like some of us do. And to then let go of something becomes quite weighty. And I feel the need is we don't, we're very unself-aware of what our inner drivers are in our life. And when we are, when we're unaware of them, we can't paint and create a life of fulfillment of stepping into potential that feels enough you know i think a lot of guys that i've experienced in in the 40s and 50s and even in the 30s achieve and achieve and achieve but there's still the dullness there's still the emptiness there's still the what's next what's next what's next and they're the signals they're the signals because all they come from is a position of I actually don't feel fulfilled i actually have a fear of loss and that fear shows up in creating life with a moving away mindset rather than a moving towards mindset. And they're very different, but can be confused by dressed up as the same thing. I'll let you interject, Charles, because I know I can talk for, for, for I could talk for hours on this. No, I, I, I was as you know, and this is why I like this format. I, I, I kind of come just in my head with a bit about, so I'm always learning on the go as we discuss. So you, you talked about the one thing you touched on there about the dullness and feeling unfulfilled. I guess my question to you there is, and I don't think a lot of men still are able to figure it out. I, I don't think half the time, Rick, they know what they're even looking for to be fulfilled. Are you, are you finding that out? Yeah, most definitely. And, and it starts so young as well, Charles. And, the, and this is where my transition in the last 12 months has been, I need to get to, I need to get this early. Um, you know, and, and at some point, I think for me, working with men for the last four or five years, I got to last year and it was very much okay. There's a lot of people now in this men's space trying to help. It needs one of us to go, right, I'm going to bring what we're doing here in later life and we're going to get this in as early as we can. And, and I kind of took that 
you know, whatever you want to call it, I took that baton. Um, and I think what it is, is when we, we don't even know what we're looking for. I think a lot of the signs are in our childhood. When we're boys, I think a lot of us, especially as we age, ultimately, we are desperately looking for connection and belonging um, as men. And we've had no roadmap as to, as men, what what does our roadmap actually look like if it was authentic, if it was true, if we were, rather than refer to what are we doing in the world, what if we referred to that as what are we being in the world? You know, who are we being? Who do I want to be? You know, and a lot of that can be reverse engineered in, into habit format and, and creating an identity of sitting going, you know, what is my purpose? And I think a lot of the world, the self-development world, makes purpose feel so heavy, Charles. Like, we always think purpose is this long-term life thing. And I always go, is it really? You know, we're constantly changing ourselves. Our cells completely regenerate and change every seven years. Purpose could be, who the heck do I want to be in seven days? You know, and that's my purpose. From, from, from Sunday evening to Sunday evening, who do I want to become in that seven days? What's the identity of that person? You know, and I think a lot of guys, we lose that because we haven't had a path that fits authentically for us. Rick, that was, I like what you said there. I guess I want you to clarify a little bit because I think a lot of guys might listen to it and say, okay, I understand, but, but what is it? So what would you say if you had to explain it to somebody who said, Rick, I still don't get it. What, what's the difference between being and doing? Because I think for guys, I think they feel like it's one and the same. But I, I do believe there's a difference. I'll be honest. I don't think I've fully figured it out yet. But I do think there's a difference. But what would you say to somebody who says, well, what's what's the difference in in being and doing? Okay. Mate, we're all figuring this out, Charles. You know, I think anyone that thinks that comes across as, as if they've got the bloody answers is bullshitting. Um, not, not, I think we're all, all of us are still trying to figure this shit out. Um, the difference is doing for guys is we're kind of the action taker in us. We're just getting on with things. We quickly, when people, we introduce ourselves to people, you know, we always use that. What, so what do you do? And we get lost in that. Whereas being is, is energy. When you walk in a room without saying a word, how are you holding yourself? What energy are you, are you exuding in the world? that people feel you without you even opening your mouth. You know, who are you being? Are you being kind? Are you being energetic? Are you being empathetic? Are you being able to hold your space of integrity and dignity and, and pride? You know, and that being, are you opening doors for people? You know, that are you, are you telling someone that, they're extraordinary in the world. They've got great gifts and, you know, you're acknowledging them. Are you thanking someone for their service? You know, like when you go into a restaurant and you're being served your, your food, are you taking the time after to speak to the, the waiter or waitress and say, can I quickly just pop my head around to the chef and say, thank you so much. I'm grateful for the time you've taken to do that. Like that's being in the world. Otherwise doing is chugging that food down, paying the bill, walking out. You know, you're just back in this treadmill. But who, who the fuck are you being? You know, and that's always the question for me when I work with anyone is let's get rid of this doing. Like, who the fuck are you being right now? Mm. 
sorry, mate, ignites a lot of passion in me. <laughs> no, that's strong. And it's interesting because as you were saying that, um, I, I'm totally transparent. What I think the post that I saw for Rick that made me want to reach out to him, um, he had a picture of himself. Uh, well, very well dressed in the picture, Rick. Just, I, I really mean this, man. That picture I saw you just exude it. And I'll try to show this picture here in the podcast for everybody to see it. Who's listening, who's watching. I'll try to show it. But this picture of Rick, it, it I think it exuded everything he just said. And it's really strange that the way you just explained that, man, because that picture with the jacket on is exactly what you just said. And I, I kind of get it, man. And um, I, I'll say this. I'm happy listening to you say that because just as you were saying that i was literally thinking about yesterday going to get gas in the car as i held the door for someone someone held the door for me thank you sir like i I, okay i i get it and it's it makes sense um i would say this though i get why you're saying let's teach that to the younger generation because i i don't think the younger generation is being brought up that way at all i mean is that is that what you're kind of seeing rick i don't i just body language is huge nowadays and i think body language is really piss poor right now for for men in general or what are your thoughts on that oh charles yeah you've hit the nail on the head there brother um boys have got even less of a clear roadmap than we have and they what like you you probably know this 80 percent of communication is non-verbal um so it's all to do with posture it's how you hold yourself conduct yourself what you're doing without even opening your mouth um and i speak to a lot of the boys and i mean we're talking about boys that i'm working with who you know their parents are paying tens of thousands for them to be in the schools that they go to and you know that they're coming from a background of most of them general affluence um and there when we communicate to each other they very much are of the view of teachers men around them fathers are very much tellers of doing something but aren't doing what they say i call it you can't send a message and not be that message and i think the world's full of that is we're quick to send a message but the part where it all breaks down is observation you can't tell someone to be something if they're not it if you're not it yourself and a lot of the boys pick up on this like a lot of the boys. Um, and then they create a life based on what they see around them, like de-energized teachers, uninspiring, unengaging teachers. Um, you know, they're made to feel a bit like a, like a number. And then their roadmap, a lot is social media is prevalent now, Charles. You know, like you and I have just come into that in the last 10 years. We've experienced a lot of life without that. Um, and these boys have a very little resilience. You know, like a, a prime example, and I'm, I'm not saying this is wrong or right, but, you know, the, their roadmap is on, they'll look at social media, guys in tremendous shape, women everywhere, music videos that, you know, came out 20 years ago and have only got even more frivolous in the last five to 10 years, which is very sexualized. And boys now are, unre- they're not very resilient purely because everything is instant. You know, delivery is instant. They can get their their voids met in connection instantly by hitting a phone, you know, and it's all fake. It's all it's all it's all bullshit because it disappears. And when it disappears and that feeling comes back again, it's coming back at 10, 20, 30 times worse. But what they're not educated on is why do we use social media? We use social media because we don't actually feel connected to the environment we're in. 
So we, we're desperate to feel connected, you know, and, and if we're unaware of that's what it is, but then we have to come back to inner GPS system again, which is what I teach the boys is if every inner GPS system brings our value system down to four to six things, you know, like family, uh, our, our normally our job, like so in my case, it'd be family, coaching, health and well-being. Nature's a big one for me. Um, and like basically physical expression. So they're my five, they're my five biggest values. I know that I need to design my life around them for me to feel fulfillment. So I need to look at personally, this is what I try and teach the boys is for them to be completely connected we have to enable awareness of these areas of our life to make sure that we can set boundaries around them. So if you're in the family home and you're saying, you know, like you or I, like our wife's important and we love spending time with them, but then we sit there on our phone for an hour each night watching TV and we're completely placid and passive to the fact that we've got someone in front of us that we've kidded ourselves that we've connected with because we both sit in the same room. We are incongruent with our value system, which leads to an unfulfillment down the line. Um, and I think with the boys is teaching them these things, but also how to link their behavior with wants and needs. Like everyone's got something they want to do and we miss the void of we've got things we also need to do. And it's looking at how we harness the need that makes the want even more skilled, even better. Mm. Um, sorry. No, no, I think... <laughs> <laughs> you're you're making my mind go on overdrive man and it's it's really early here but I'm, my mind's all right i i'm i think we talked before it's, it was 5 a.m here when we started this but my mind's at uh probably 11 a.m already thanks to this conversation <laughs> um wants and needs a couple things i'll try to tie it together in this next part that i want to talk about I get what you're saying the social media the wants and needs the instant gratification um I had another guy on. We we were referring to it as dopamine snacks. Um, yeah. I think that wasn't I think Simon Jeffries, was it? What's that? That wasn't Simon Jeffries, was it? No, you know it's funny. It wasn't him, but him and I have been supposed to. We were supposed to. He was supposed to be on, and then uh, his wife had something. But I'm I'm going to get back at Simon. So if he hears this, Simon, I'll have you. I'll have you on at some point. No, it was a. Uh, a gentleman named uh, Joey Bowen. They have a uh, company over here called Fuel Hunt, and it's awesome. they. Uh, it's I'll talk to you a little offline about it, but him and you remind me a lot of each other. It's interesting. I would say he's probably your American cousin or something. <laughs> so, um, so Rick, we know it starts at a young age, but you you said it how we've just started to experience that over the last. 10 years or so right how do you think though for guys now you're seeing it with a younger age and it's like this is how you're going to get to where a lot of guys are now but what do you say to the older guys who have are kind of doing this with the wants and needs how do you how do you get that connection between the wants and the needs yeah so it's a really great question Charles. brilliant question i i still have like four or five guys who bizarrely actually late 40s early 50s we work with and we have that point where you know i've got really good established careers and there's a little bit of unfulfillment what i say by wants and needs is say we want to feel connected with a wife for instance or a loved one a partner a husband you know whoever it is um we want that connection we want to be a better communicator we want to be a great listener 
Um, how do we do that? And what we do is, I think most guys our age start to make that exclusive. And when we make it exclusive, we don't recognize that we have a, a day job that we may not find fulfillment in, but it gives us access to people. So by this age, some of us have stepped into leadership positions or positions of seniority or we lead teams or anything like that. And I generally believe that everybody is a leader. If you wake up and you breathe in the morning, you lead a life. You lead, you're a leader. You lead yourself if you're, before you lead others. Um, and my wants and needs comes in when I say, when you go to the office or your place of work, how can you practice the things you want, i.e. being an outstanding listener, practicing eye contact, practicing your in an interested posture, practicing being empathetic, we have a like a job, for instance, where we can practice all those things and bring them back to where we want to be amazing at to create deep connection, to create our ability to open our body language up, to say to someone, I'm here. You've got me. I'm listening to every word you say and I'm not being passive any longer. Because most guys like in our age, we're working all day. So let's use that to find fulfillment by practicing our craft to bring back to the area that we want to really drive enhancement in. Mm. All right, which is normally personal, right? It's the heartfelt spiritual side of us where all of our heart is, our love, our want, our space that we've created, our home, which is you know like a sacred space for all of us. The people in that home are sacred to us. It's not saying that work colleagues aren't, but it is saying that there's a there's an axis here of the same equilibrium. The work becomes more fulfilling when you pa practice the craft of fulfilling your potential as a partner, for instance, or a father. Use work as that as that fuel, as the fire, to allow you to come back into the place that you want to be amazing. And what happens is they both become a self fulfilling prophecy. Because then work go, fucking hell, this guy's, you know, he's stepping up. What what a leader, what a manager, what 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 you know, what a guy. And all of a sudden your work becomes more fulfilling because like all of us, we want to be recognized for what we're doing. But it also opens new neuro pathways for us to be like, wow, there's more to me here. I've got more fulfillment in my job. And that sparks a whole array of other things, Charles, you know. You know, that like that dopamine snack you talk about that Joe met that Joey mentions. It's it becomes a spark that you have. The unknown becomes a part of your life. And I think most guys struggle with the unknown because we love to control. Um, whereas if we can surrender to the unknown, possibility opens up, creation opens up. And that's what we're doing is we're nurturing both facets of life then. Mm. I got to tell you, man, you, you make, you make having an interview and a conversation easy. Cause every time you start, every time we get into a segment, I'm like, damn, there's the next segment I want to talk about. You say <laughs> everything you just said there I'm in right Yeah. now. Here's where I think it starts to go. And I want to hear your opinion on this. You mentioned the word surrender. I'm so glad mm -hmm. you mentioned that word surrender. Cause I think nowadays we're starting to experience as men based on society. I feel like what the word surrender, the connotation it's being pushed on us at is they want almost subservient, I'll say, as opposed to surrender. Let's talk about surrender in a effectively masculine way 
yeah. what would you say that is? Yeah, oh, I feel you on this one, buddy. Like, and I agree entirely. Um, they want men to conform. They want to push us down and dull us in ways we can't even ima imagine. I'm sure we can talk. Well, we won't talk about it because it'll be it'll be too deep over the last three years of exactly what the fuck that's looked like. Um, and as far back as the last 30 years. For me, someone that's come from a very masculine background in, in playing pro sport, uh, rugby, powerlifting, uh, been, a, been a London firefighter, very, very masculine. And the word surrender for me back then was like, no fucking way. Like, you don't take a backward step to anything is where we link surrender to. And I think going on my own spiritual path in the last five years, surrender is nothing that I thought it was. You know, um, surrender for men, and we link it to the military as well, it, it is like, you know, no surrender. Don't take a backward step. Don't show emotions. In the UK, it's very much a like stiff upper lip and carry on. And it's like, fuck no. Like, we are pushing down so many parts of us. And what I mean by that is surrender to the unknown. Like, surrender to trying to control and fix everything. You know, like... And I think for most guys, and this comes back to the doing and being, is is we constantly feel that with control means we have to do. And I think with guys, like I talked about the meditation, is you're surrendering to self. You're releasing. You're having to just be within yourself without fixing or controlling anything in life. And that's all I mean by it. When I say surrender, I'm like, it doesn't mean take a backward step, be a walkover, be a, you know, for better sense of the word, being a pussy in the world. Like it isn't those things. Surrender isn't those things. Surrender is is letting go to let come in your life. Mm. And with surrender, you find a true sense of self. And with the, when you find a true sense of self, it means that you know what to put boundaries on and what not to, what to say no to, what to say yes to, what you want to invite in and what you want to say, what you do not want to invite in. You know what you stand for. You'll never know what you, we will never know what we stand for unless we give ourselves the opportunity to fucking surrender to who we really are, the space has to be made. And that's not, I hope that makes sense. Cause it's not, it's not surrendering to the world. It's surrendering to self, which means it's a, it's personal fucking time, not public time. It's a private victory, not a public victory. The private victory comes first. Then the public victory comes after because when you have the private victory of surrendering to who you are, you show up in the world as that person. That person's the public person, which means you live on purpose. You have clear vision because you know who you are, what you stand for, where you're going, and you you action that right. So Man. we turn. Sorry, go on. Sorry, no, you, no, you go ahead. I'm just, I'm just. Uh, I apologize. I was just excited of what you're saying. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. it's, it's uh, and I think that that's what we have to recognize is if we link surrender to public to, to the world's view. It isn't. When we surrender, it's for ourselves, ourselves to go inward, to to regenerate, to re-energize, to re rebirth. I don't mean that to sound corny. Um, you know, anyone that's of our age and is going through that journey and been through that journey and has got that wisdom understands what I mean, you know, like, they fucking understand that there is a rebirth of ourselves. And and most of us want that. You know, I've got some friends who are in their 40s and, you know, and each to their own. 
but there's patterns that keep playing you know like one friend i've got is grew up with a father who his love was always conditional so his father was very hard love was conditioned on the fact that you know he may have he may have ridiculed him in his teenage years for being a bit overweight he became a professional rugby player a very angry player um and his father's a very hard case doesn't show emotions shows his love through when his son's achieved there isn't a cuddle and a kiss in for his adult life so it's always become unconditional but unconscious of what that shows up is he's been retired for 12 years and because of wanting to be seen and heard in masculine environments, he's also a rugby coach that when you watch him coach on a, on a sideline, for instance, he ridicules the crowd. He he whoops and woos and he ridicules the opposite subspench, trying to get reactions from them because it's his way of trying to show I can get a I can get a reaction from you. I'm in charge here. Um, it shows that he doesn't he tries to show he doesn't have an emotional soft side. But what he doesn't realise he's doing is he's also sending a message to his own players. Fuck, I can't make a mistake. I can't do this. You're goading them. So the unconscious then infiltrates the people under his leadership because he's inadvertently put pressure on them because of his projected bullshit in the world. Not only that, he's gone on his own sort of you know journey with his body and he's obsessed now with the gym. He's getting you know like a big lad. There's nothing wrong with that. Because I think if you understand why you're doing something, then you realize, is this toxic? Is this informing a part of me that's become a pattern, an unconscious story, you know, not being seen in the world, needing significance in a masculine in a masculine world? Or am I doing this because this leads me to a meditative state? I'm walking towards who I want to be not visualizing. I don't want to be that fat kid anymore. So I'm doing this because I don't want to be I don't want to be that big difference charles in that in in how our unconscious making the unconscious conscious starts to shift the paradigm from us of the cognitive bias of away or towards and i think for guys our age the, the majority of that towards we quickly realize holy fuck like all of my life my actions have actually been derived from not wanting to be something rather than a clear vision of who I want to be in the world. And that really changes how we start to behave and act. And that's how we start to create a new neuro pathway that we can then attach habits that uh, influence actually who we want to become rather than who we don't want to be. Man. Um, and for those watching, probably seeing me here, just some expressions probably on my face. It's because have, I just met Rick, but, Rick, I honestly, man, as you were talking through that, it was almost like you coached me through the last three years. Like, and and not and being totally honest, um, I I think back to when I was at my worst, and I being you know a hundred pounds overweight, what I was, I think I was trying to put up this facade of I'm brave. I'm still masculine. And in reality, I wasn't, I was, I was not. Um, but I think I finally, I finally realized as you were talking through it, I think I surrendered to, I was showing that facade of courage because I didn't want to acknowledge the fear of how I was so afraid of who I really was. So I finally surrendered to that fear of who I really was to become who I wanted to be 
And I listening to you speak through that kind of hit me like, you know what? I think that's what I experienced. And I think that's what, you know, you're walking a lot of men through, but that was, that was it for me. It was nothing about courage. It was about fear. And you're right. I was more concerned about who I didn't want to be and not really. And now I work towards who I want to be, not opposed to who I don't want to be. So I, I met, dude, I think the information you're putting out is like, like I can't wait for people to see this. Cause I think they're going to get a lot out of it. Um, a couple other things I want to talk to you about. I seen on your social media, you mentioned some of the pillars in your life and you mentioned nature, you mentioned physical fitness. I, I see a lot of your videos now and they get me pumped up, man. I see you working out hard in nature. H how important is that for not just our physical self, but for our mental self? Yeah, I, I, for me, like you said, there, it's it's a pillar. It is a it has to be a pillar within our life. I generally believe I call them the, the pillars of wealth: um, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And for me, I think the the physical is well. There's so many facets. One, the dopamine. Two, the ability for us to self-lead in building resilience in ourselves, the confidence it gives us um, through physical exertion. I think for guys, when you connect that with nature, uh, take mirrors away, take four walls away from time to time, you know, it's, it's, I, I generally believe there's a different effect on a man when you start to get rid of all the things that we, we know we don't really give a shit about, um, like four walls, mirrors, all the unconscious things that we don't even know we're doing when that happens and you connect us with our natural movement patterns like i know charles you probably see me like with you know throwing sandbags around and sort of battle ropes and a box and we run and you know that kind of stuff it just releases a knowing inside of you you know you know when you do stuff like that there's a knowing of capability um because we taps back into that a prime primordial instinct you know, where it was unorthodox. It was full transferability in how we use our body with what we do day to day. You know, there is the part of us that likes to protect and serve. And I think when we do that, it, there's a, an inner knowing that we are fucking useful. And it's, and I think every man ultimately, admits it or not, would rather crave feeling like he's physically useful than looks physically good. And the, 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 the contradiction in that is that when you look after yourself being physically useful, you end up being looking physically good anyway. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's paramount, Charles, for me. Like it, it doesn't go. I'm finding new parts of myself all the time. Um, you know, like you said yourself about identity shift is taking me probably until the last 12 months to accept that um, like my physical part of me He's actually very, very soft. Um, I love dance. I love crapuera. I love um, I love yoga. I love dynamic meditation. Dynamic meditation is very masculine, um, you know, very, very masculine. But it's exhausting. Like it's an exhausting meditation, but I love it because there's it an element of play through through a ginormous energy release 
that's in there. And I and I, I haven't not done it before, and I haven't led it with other men, where everyone is caked in sweat afterwards, and they can sit there in, in the final stage of that meditation, just exhausted and being silence and peace with themselves. But that's the point of it. And there's all these things that I've explored for myself, Charles. You know, and if you'd said to me, my powerlifting days, my firefighter days, you began dance class once a week, I'd have been like, you fucking joking. Like, I'm a guy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, I think that's it's important for a man to explore all these things as well. Because if it's easy to the physical to be a conversation with oneself that should go, I would love to, I get to, I want to. And I think what we do as guys is we go, I must, I need, I have to. And I think we get to our 40s, in our 30s upwards. And where we fall away is that because we have this must, need, have, we do things that fit, must, do, have. And with them things, we get to a point in life where we go, what the fuck am I doing? I don't want to have to keep having to rely on willpower to get through this shit. So we let it all go. We end up letting it all go. Our body goes to shit. We lose that part of our physicality. So, uh, you know, we lose 10, 20% of our mental capacity um, to operate optimally. And I always say to guys that there's so much more out there to physically do. Come to an ecstatic dance class. Come to dynamic meditation. Come to a funk master class. Like, you know, let's go and see swim. Just get in the water. Let's, let's just 100 strokes. Let's try it. You know, like there's all these things and we get to connect with this, all these parts of us that becomes playful and with nature and, and natural movement patterns. And all of a sudden it's like you become fucking energized, Carl, Charles, and you go, oh, my God, I love doing that. I love how it made me feel. And that's the big one. I love how it made me feel amazing. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I um. One of the things I love to do now, man, is um, I have a German Shepherd. I love oh, throwing, great. yeah, I love throwing on a thirty-pound rock and just going. We, we just go, just yeah. go, and it's just like, you know, I mean, five miles in, he's still looking like it's we didn't even start yet. But I mean, it's just <laughs> I, I get it though, man. It's so, yeah, it's it's such a it's such a cool thing. Um, last question I want to ask you. I thought this would be a good way to tie it off. All the work you do with younger men and also what you've discovered yourself and some of the older men you talk to, we found out about what you've learned from maybe your older men and yourself and how you get back to help the younger men. Have you learned anything from the younger men that you think you can utilize to advise us as older men that will help us as we, as we continue to move on through life? The energy to create. They are, they are open, and they are. When I say open, they are fucking yearning, Charles, for role models that do what they say they're gonna do, and who are willing to send a message and take responsibility and ownership for being the message. And these boys are so open for that. They still, they've got so much energy, so much zest, and so much willingness and vulnerability to go to say inadvertently, say, 
please, guys, show us a roadmap. Please show us a roadmap. And I think just to leave it on this, I guess, is that we're led to believe that responsibility is a ball and chain. Every guy, though, wants to feel committed to something. And I urge any older guy that's listening, commit to the journey to find out who you really are. Who are you being so that you can influence these boys? And Because all that happens during that process is our older men will find humongous fulfillment on journeying inwards. And not only will you be someone in the world that has fulfillment and lives an extraordinary life, you'll influence all the younger men that are yearning for that kind of leadership through actions. Man, that's strong, Rick. Honestly, I appreciate that because, uh, listen, I think I think when we think about helping and inspiring, I think we tend to think about it in our own circles of our own age brackets. But I think what you just said really ties off the whole conversation we just had, the being and the doing. I think by looking to be fulfilled and be our best selves, we're, we're doing the world a service because we're going to allow this, these younger men to learn how to be instead of do. And I think it's really, really powerful. Um, Rick, I can't thank you enough, man. I am, as you can probably tell, I'm all energized already from this conversation. Uh, I've really enjoyed this, man. I'm so happy that I've connected with you on social media and looking forward to uh, following you even more and, and what you're doing. So Thank you. Um, with that, is there any, uh, where can people find more about you? Anything special you're doing, things like that? Yes, yeah, so I've got LinkedIn. Uh, so Rick Cooper on LinkedIn. Um, and the only other platform I've got is my website. So www.rick-cooper.com. Um, just before I go, Charles, well, I don't, any, any guy, we're not lone wolves. We're not an island. We're in this together. Like, don't ever feel alone in this pursuit. Like join a group, find a circle, go on the journey with other men. Yeah, man, that's so that's so important. And with that, I, I hope everyone has enjoyed this for the men watching. I hope you really take a lot from what Rick had to say. I know I did. Um, for any of the uh, women watching, make sure you get your men to watch this. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Rick. I really appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, as always, for the support and watching. Uh, take care, everyone. Bye. This has been The Bare Essentials. Thanks for listening. And remember, never hibernate on your goals.